0: PeerPod, the podcast where you are the peers and we are your pod. We're coming to you today from our Thinkspace studio above SciTech Library at the University of Sydney. Before we bring in this week's guests, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're recording on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Let's get into it. It's Mental Health Awareness Month and the university is in the process of rolling out the new Student Mental Wellbeing Strategy a policy which will overhaul the way the university approaches student mental health. We'll talk to Pro Vice-Chancellor of Student Life, Susanna Scaparo, who's leading the strategy and has plans for a far more personalised, proactive and collaborative service. Some changes are still in the pipeline, but later on we'll deep dive into one initiative that's already chugging along, the peer-led Beteer program with Lachlan, a UCID based Beteer speaker. Susanna, thanks for joining us today. You've been working on the new student mental wellbeing strategy. What did we have before this?
1: Well, thank you very much for inviting me today to talk to you about the new student mental wellbeing strategy. We know that about 75% of young adults will experience some form of mental ill health. And we also know that the majority of our students are in that uh, demographic so we are very aware that there are so many uh, life stressors as well that will influence um, the students' mental well-being. And we can't solve all problems for students, but we can definitely take some responsibility as an institution to support our students um, and to um, at least to, to ensure that we are not making things worse for them. So the intent is very much to... Um, to focus on prevention.
0: So what kind of measures are the university putting in place to make sure that we don't end up there in crisis mode?
1: Yes, the first thing to do is to look at what we already do and to improve on what we know we should improve on but keep what we are doing well. We also want to co-design with students in a, a real and meaningful partnership. The second step is we are looking at a policy environment. We are looking at what we are already doing that is actually preventing students from even understanding what support is there for them mm. so the structures of how you access information So
0: are services. you talking more about a one-stop shop for people to come to when they've got issues?
1: Yes, yeah. that's right. So the aim for us is a single entry point. Mm. A kind of student portal, let's you know if you want it um, if you want a name for it mm. where a student can go in there and find very easily how to hopefully yeah, how to access information, what they could do, where to go to. But even before we do that, my vision and my ambition is to do to reach out to students at the moment in which they begin to engage with the university. So mm-hmm. the moment in which a student becomes receives an offer, accepts an offer and becomes a, one of our family, the university, yeah, university that's student nice. family, then. What I would like to do is to have a way to reach out to every single student and have a, a simple way in which we can find out from each individual student who they are,
2: yeah. what their
1: ambitions are, their aspirations, You know, what they, they would like to achieve from the experience at university, and then um, support them by... Reaching out with targeted and relevant information. At the moment, we have fantastic. Support. However, in many ways, it's up to the student to find those resources. So my idea is that we should reach out to students early on the personalised individual plan mm. that would touch upon many different um, elements. You know, from if you considered um, this units of studies, or if you consider this combination of degrees to, by the way, you know, you told us that you feel a bit anxious, perhaps you could reach out to the counselling team, or, more importantly, you are new to Sydney, why don't you get in touch with these people, or, hey, by the way, you told us you love sailing, this is your club, that you <laughs> could all the kind, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I truly believe that uh, a student mental wellbeing strategy should begin there, mm-hmm. right, so it's not about... Um, Providing students with the crisis support, which, of course, we, we must do and we do do. But it's also really supporting students from the very beginning and articulating for them also what's available, but also what uh, to look up for. And I also would love um, to see an environment where mental well-being is valued and is there is no stigma mm. attached to um, to. To, to reaching out for help if you need yeah, some. Yeah, reaching out for help, acknowledging that you're feeling a little bit um, um, disoriented sometimes or that you are suffering from quite severe or ongoing and chronic you know, mental um, ill health. Hmm. There should be absolutely no stigma attached to those issues, but unfortunately there yeah. is. Yeah,
0: I suppose you'd also like to encourage the student body to be supportive of itself as well in terms of having external support from the staff and facilities available, it would be great to foster that awareness of mental health and understanding of the support that everyone needs to give each other.
1: Absolutely. I am a number one (laughs) absolute fan of peer support programmes. I think the literature shows that, or the research indicates very, very strongly Hmm. that uh, peer support is the best way in which we can actually support our students. Mm-hmm. So I have always supported uh, peer support programs. I have established them. I have um, been a great fan of, the, of peer support programs at different levels and in different configurations. And so a big uh, part of the of the new mental strategy is to build on, and I should say that Sydney Uni has really, really good um, peer support programs um, available mm-hmm. to students, each faculty and school. Uh, provides fantastic...
0: Having a third-year student or something teamed up with a, a group of first-year students... That's right, as yes, mentoring. there is a yeah. lot
1: of that happening. There are also very good uh, peer learning support programs. Um, the peer library, learning
0: advisors are good. Peer <laughs> learning
1: advisors, I was about to come to that. the library, has this amazing program. Yeah. So what we like to do, though, is to build on the, all of the different uh, programs to come to a coordinated and holistic approach mm-hmm. um, with all the um, localised programmes still happening, but at the same time um, ensuring that there is a University of Sydney approach. You know?
0: So things are going to be rolled out slowly going forward. We've talked about peer support programmes and the initial reaching out to students when they first engage with the university. What other strategies do you have?
1: So I talked before about policies, so mm. let me explain what I mean. Um, and I should, I should preface that I'm not particularly a policy type of fanatic. But a policy is helpful because uh, um, it's a, set, you know, a policy consists of a set of rules, right, that we all abide to. So it's very important that we have a good look at all the different policies that are um, concerned with uh, learning and teaching and support for students and that we understand ways in which perhaps some of those policies might... Um, in fact, to make it harder for students Mm -hmm. um, to engage with support, you know. There might be a language that we might need to change, you know. There might be Mm -hmm. that some of the ways in which the university communicates with students could feel a little bit too legalistic or a bit Mm. bit too officious, you know. Maybe, Um, like,
0: potentially belittling as well. I know we're moving away from that now. Things seem much more collaborative, especially with the student charter that was started earlier this year. But I'm sure there's still some sections of policy or documents where people might feel very intimidated, engaging.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And so the, the work that we are emb- embarking on at the moment is in fact a review of, um, of the, all the student-facing policies but also a review of the communication um, that we have with students mm-hmm. and the ways in which we can improve on that. It seems trivial but it's actually not. Mm. Uh, when you receive a letter... It looks very official. It's that a bit is, scary. It's, it's very scary <laughs> because there is a power dynamic in there. Yep. There is uh, a sense that th- there is this big institution called the University of Sydney and they are writing me this letter and this, the language is very formal mm. and, very, and I just feel really intimidated as a student and that might, in fact, exacerbate... Mm. Right, Any anxiety
0: that you've got going on. Yeah. That's
1: right. So if you're already stressed, you're feeling disempowered, you're feeling lonely or you are feeling ashamed mm. um, the, by the fact that you can't quite cope with whatever's happening to you, receiving that kind of communication is not going to help. So my intent is to look at what we can do to ensure that we can also, perhaps um, in a way that is more student-friendly, the intent of the, of the strategy, just like the intent of the student experience uh, strategy, is in fact to be student-centric. And I would really like to know that students at the University of Sydney feel very much that this is their university. Right? This is not something that happens to, to them. This is what they are making, that there is something that is happening. Yeah, they're um, contributing they're to contributing, it. They're contributing, they're part of it, it's their home, mm. you know, and uh, and... I am very committed to that, and so the new student mental being strategy is very much um, directed and driven by this vision.
0: Have you got plans for aspects of this to be run out uh, in classrooms?
1: Yes, so another big part of the strategy is, um, is what's happening in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Now, there is, no, there is no success here unless we look at, as I said before, a holistic view whole of university approach. That includes co-curricular as well as Mm curricular. So we need to look at ways in which um, we are, uh, yes, the ways in which we are conducting classes, the delivery of our material. Sometimes the content could also be important to look at, but that's beyond my expertise. We don't want to interfere in any way with with what's taught, right? Mm. But we could look at the ways in which things, you know, are taught, the ways in which um, we are, um, for instance, organising assessment, you know, um, are we assessing too much, for instance, you know, is a necessary...
0: I think everyone would agree we're assessing too much, (laughs) (laughs) at least from the student side of things. Yes,
1: and I'm pleased to say that I have really fantastic colleagues who are looking at that at the moment. Wow, that's exciting. yes, and they are looking at... um, you know, and they're looking at uh, assessment as a whole and mm-hmm. the approaches we have to assessment and how, they, um, how that is conducted that, can, you know, that is perhaps um, um, causing unnecessary anxiety. Wow. So
0: what are they sort of looking at? Are they looking at getting rid of exams? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'm not sure about that, (laughs) uh, but they are certainly looking at whether if you do have an exam, Mm -hmm. the ways in which the exam is uh, necessary to reach the outcomes or the learning and teaching outcomes for the unit, Mm -hmm. right? So that an exam is not just there because you've always had an exam, Mm -hmm. but an exam is there because there might be some learning outcomes that can only be um, achieved by that exam. Wow. Um, So... This really is very much um, central, I think, to the strategy.
0: So it really is a full university review it that is. you've put together.
1: Very ambitious, aspirational, I suppose, mm. but I am um, 100%, in fact, 150% committed um, That's to exceptional. getting this done.
0: It sounds like people are going to have a very different experience from day one once this is all run. I hope so. I have to ask we have run into a little bit of a speed bump this year with COVID, and a little bit of a speed bump is putting it very mildly. How is your strategy shifting to adopt more of an online learning focus for students and their mental health? Because I suppose a lot of society stuff. Has changed an awful lot, and that was a big part of what we were talking about earlier. What new ideas have you got swimming
1: around with the team? Yes, so I have to say that COVID nineteen has been incredibly challenging, but also has given us uh, the opportunity to to supercharge <laughs> some of the initiatives that we wanted to trial. Mm. I can, I just flag a few for you, but um, we have uh, introduced a large number of new initiatives. So, for instance, in the, uh, at the level of peer support, we have introduced a new programme called Peer Support Advisors, mm-hmm. and these are students who are, provide students with uh, information and advice on all sorts of different issues. And uh, I should also add that the peer support advisors are bilingual. Um, I bet
0: they're dealing with some really stressed-out students. Yeah.
1: Obviously, as everyone else, um, all our support services have have moved online. Mm. We are offering all the. We are providing um, everyone in the community with telehealth, mm. and we are also providing all support for from disability services to safer communities to all of it, online. And we come back to a full um, face-to-face environment. We will probably still keep um, the online the components. opportunity for students to reach out for counselling, for others. Um, other support services online as well as face-to-face so that that gives us flexibility in terms of the nine-to-five approach if if students sometimes find it very difficult to find the time to do the face-to-face on campus Mm. if they are working or they have other commitments so I think we've learned that Um, the other program I'm very proud um, to have uh, introduced obviously not on my own I've got mm. an amazing team, is mm. the Batia program. Yes. And I know that you'll be talking to Batia yep. uh, later, so I won't uh, steal the thunder. Mm-hmm. But, well, tell, uh, us,
0: tell us why you engage them and that kind of stuff. And I'm
1: a big fan of Batia. I was very lucky because they reached out to, to us just at the time where I was about to reach out to them. So, oh, really? Yes, and then we decided to work together on, um, on a, obviously a program of activities that was very much in response to COVID 19. Mm. So online, yep. but also trying to yes, trying to deal with uh, specific issues that COVID nineteen uh, has presented for us. So I can't say that we have solved all problems, but I can only say that we certainly done our best yep. to do all we could to support students. And that has been um, a tremendous um, experience for me personally uh, in my first year at the University of Sydney. Mm. Um, I have been very proud to be working for this institution because I've seen firsthand how much everyone is committed to our students.
0: That's lovely. It must be a really nice space to be working in, working to improve everyone's mental health. That's yes. lovely. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I am the luckiest person, really. I think I've got the best job.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
1: you so much. Lovely to be with you. Mm,
0: thank you. Now, as promised earlier, Lachlan. You're a Beteer speaker. For those who aren't aware, what is Beteer and what are you and the team doing on campus?
2: Beteer is a, I guess, a mental health organisation that the goal of bringing mental health to the forefront in doing that trying to smash the stigma around mental health and in in part they come to the uni and put on programs in front of the students that are are surrounding that and and you know giving giving information and and facts around how many people do struggle with mental health especially at uni one of the differences with batir
0: is that it's it's very peer focused yeah so you yourself are a student yep When you first got involved, you were a student at Combo. Yep, yeah. I was, yes. Cool, what were so, you studying?
2: So I was studying physiotherapy, and it kind of was, a, I guess, a culmination of circumstance. The, I remember going to a, a lecture around um, ethical practice as a physio Mm. not long after that I saw the Beteer program and um, having kind of gone through my own struggles with mental health I thought it would be a a really cool thing to be involved in so kind of reached out and and went through the pathways that that it takes to kind of get involved and become a speaker with them so that's great
0: did you run into them on campus or yeah so they
2: they um they were at combo and they did a um a program there that essentially what I'm involved in now and like there was a speaker at that program that that spoke and about their struggles with mental health so and then after it we generally give out a card that kind of says if you want to get involved then reach out and you can start off with just a a workshop where you go in and and kind of um, develop your story and talk about your struggles with mental health with other people that have gone through the same thing
0: with the follow-up session was that just with people who attended your initial session or was that sort of a collective thing with a whole bunch of different people from different areas who all came together
2: yeah it was um completely wide open and and they run them like i guess semi-regularly throughout the year and Mm -hmm. i think around eight to ten people that that had just reached out similar in to me Mm. um so none of them were from sydney uni it was just kind of randomly distributed throughout mm. like some were yeah uni students um I remember there was a guy that had gone through the the war in Syria wow talked to yeah so you're getting so, different
0: perspectives yeah
2: not just hanging out in the me- <laughs> medical faculty anymore No, it was like the other people there were just like okay our our struggles definitely don't compare to this guy like he wow. you know he was talking about yeah how to survive the day like so it was super helpful just in its own right, just mm. going and, and kind of yeah, just talking to to people that have gone through their struggles and were willing to to share their story and and then it's a two day workshop and then the next day. Oh wow! Yeah, Yep. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really good. And then generally, I mean, things have changed now a little bit because we're doing programs over Zoom. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah it's adapting bit, with
0: the times. That's
2: it. It's a bit different, but you know, back in the day when we used to do face to face things, um, good the old days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You generally have two speakers that that came out. Um, sometimes just one, but so there'd be a presenter there that that kind of goes through all the statistics and and everything around mental health and mm. starts the conversation. Um, again, with with the awesome kind of icebreakers that that occur mm. um, at these types of things. Like Activity group activities, yeah, activities and yeah, stuff. Cool, exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's interactive. It's definitely interactive. Um, yeah. A lot of question answer type stuff, trying to get um, everyone to kind of I guess explain what what they believe is is mental health and have an open conversation about what what the stigma is like at the moment
0: so i know that bitir has sort of like a permanent presence at sydney uni programs and presentations that you've gone to have they all been sydney uni based or are you involved have you been sent out to other places yeah
2: (laughs) yeah i've had a really wide range of of opportunities with with my talks Um, my first one was at a private boys school Mm. i did one at the Batir kind of HQ I suppose in the Mm -hmm. city and it's just a was just a small little room of of new grad um, medical students Mm -hmm. so there was like six or seven of us in the room just having a conversation so I mean that was a kind of a little program but Batir's involved in high schools and unis um, like UTS Australian National Uni yeah but yeah they go to to high schools kind of all over the the country and hearing other people other speakers um, with Batir talk it, it it's almost always never that first time but the first time kind of just breaks the ice and then after that it kind of opens up the, the opportunity to, to reach out to other services that might be more, more helpful for you.
0: Okay, so Lachlan, um, we didn't quite have time to get to your story today so if listeners are keen to hear, um, they're going to have to seek out some batir events. Yeah, yeah, sweet as. Okay, we'll go to some uh, batir events, guys. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, mate. <laughs> no worries, all good. We've included a bunch of links in today's show notes. The library's Mental Health Month page, CAPS, the Student Mental Wellbeing Strategy and links to Batir's website and UCID specific Facebook page. If you're so inclined, reach out and get involved. Read the Mental Wellbeing Strategy, see what changes are coming and get involved with some Batir events. Who knows what could come out of it? That's it for this episode. Thanks for stopping by. I'd like to thank the PeerPod team once again for bringing it all together. If today's episode has sparked anything for you, we'd love to hear about it drop us a line at peerpod.pla at sydney.edu.au. Catch you next time.